Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cindy Griffin Podcast, the postseason preview edition, I guess you would call it. I am joined as always by St. Joseph's head women's basketball coach, Cindy Griffin. My name is Joe Greenwich. Coach, thanks for joining us here on uh, the, the, the eve of the Atlantic 10 Championship. Yes, Joe, thanks for having me. It's an exciting time of year. Well, before we get into the, 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 the tournament coming up, before we get into talking about the end of the season, exciting news just came out today. People are listening to this, recording the day before. Laura Siegler, Atlantic 10 Rookie of the Year. Uh, maybe a foregone conclusion considering all the awards she had won throughout the year, but what does that mean for you as the coach to, to see one of your players in their first year earn such a claim and respect really from the coaches around the league? Yeah, well, it certainly says a lot about Lara and uh, the work that she has put in and the level of which she's been playing at at a consistent basis from our first game, regular season, um, you know, to our last regular season game and now getting into the playoffs. Um, her game has just expanded. You know, she is, um, you know, we, we've won a lot of games because of her play and uh, her contribution. So really, uh, really proud and, and honored to, to be her coach. And, um, you know, I think she's, uh, you know, just a great player and a great person. Part of that, that great person thing I noticed uh, on senior day, as a quick aside, she was the one who sat out of the starting lineup so that Jaden Walker could start. What's that conversation like? Is it like, a, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. Okay, coach, I'm on board. Or are you trying to pick someone that you know is going to be on board or you just knew it was going to be her? Well, I think from a positional standpoint, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it obviously made sense. And uh, I know from um, I, I think either either Talia or Lara would have um, volunteered to do it. Um, but I approached Lara as being the young one, you know, um, and uh, she totally understands, is totally selfless and sees the big picture, loves Jaden, knows that Jaden is a huge part of our rotation and, um, you know, just wanted to, um, you know, give that opportunity to Jaden. You mentioned Talia Brugler, last season's Rookie of the Year, two in a row. What does that mean for the program to see players, you know, you know when they come in, that they're having success early on. And in Talia's case, she's continued it on into her sophomore year. No, I think it's great. You know, I think it's a, it's a great um, example for a, a player like Lara that you see a, a player like Talia Brugler, who was last year's Rookie of the Year, and how her game has elevated the numbers that she's been able to put up against different types of opponents, not only the small and quick uh, small forwards, but also the big and, um, you know, she's outsized maybe by four or five inches in some games, um, and she's still able to be productive um, on both ends of the floor. So it, it just sets a great example for Lara that, you know, the work isn't done just because you, you got freshman of the year. You, you know, now what, uh, where, where is that going to leap you into for next year and the years following? When you're recruiting players and Maybe it's a little different when when you're you're seeing players more frequently, like local high school players versus maybe an international player. But when you recruit a player, in your mind, do do you think this is a future rookie of the year in our league, or is it just one of those things where you're hoping to bring in if you're bringing in three or four players, you're hoping to bring in three or four potential rookies of the year or some players I know when they come in, you know they're going to need some time to to really adjust to the college game, but ultimately are you watching Laura play before she gets here and think she she's she's going to be a special one right out of the gate 
Well, I knew she'd be an impact player for us. Um, I know her skill set it was very is very very high. Her ability to pass, her ability to shoot. She has guard like skills. She has perimeter skills. Um, she's learned a lot with her back to the basket this year a little bit more. Um, she's able to play with and for her teammates. Um, she really understands the game, and that's something that you see on film, you know, but you don't see it until you actually um, experience it fully in person. And um, I think she's a sponge. I think she she loves basketball. She watches a lot of film. And I think, you know, she's the ultimate competitor. She, she wants to win. And she came here to win. She came here to compete for a championship. She, she came here to continue the culture that we have. And when, when you, what you did see on film and meeting her and talking to her and, um, over Zooms and then coming for her visit is that she has such a high energy level. And um, you know she is an everyday person, which translates to an everyday competitor on the court. Of course, her position coach, Katie Huser, also known for her energy. What's it like watching the two of those, <laughs> you talk about high-energy people uh, working together in practice? That's got to be a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. You know, I think the, the, the posts um, sometimes get a bad rap, you know, because maybe they're not as energetic, but uh, not our post. Uh, they're very, <laughs> very energetic, led by Coach Cooster. Um, she demands it. She commands it. Um, and they respect her and uh, they play for her and they play for our team and they understand the big picture. Well, big picture. Regular season's over. Hawks are in the sixth seed after a nine and seven conference record. The second half of conference play, a lot of close games didn't all go your way. But on Saturday, trailing for most of the day, fourth quarter, Hawks are able to pull out a big win against Duquesne. Obviously, it was an important game for seeding purposes. Earned you a day off after the uh, the, the initial buy in the first round of the tournament, but. How big of a lift was that for everyone? Because the, the season wears on you anyway, even if you win most of your games. But to, to have all of those close games and, and to have some tough results, some heartbreakers, especially against UMass, Rhode Island, Rhode Island again, how, how much of a lift is it going into the tournament with a big win at home, senior day, where you, you did to, to somebody else what maybe some other teams have done to you? Yeah, it was huge. Uh, it was a huge momentum, uh, confidence booster, momentum um, pull, pusher. Um, we, we absolutely needed that game. And, um, you know, of course, you want to win games. But like you said, for those reasons that we've, we've lost a couple close ones, uh, we were in a two-minute game. The, the game before down at George Mason, you know, wasn't making some shots that we generally make. But, um, you know, I think for – for the time that we came back in this game, everybody stepped up. You saw the momentum switch. You saw the change. You saw what we're made of. And, um, you know, for that, I think that's just a great way to go into this Atlantic 10 tournament because, as you know, it's anybody's tournament. I mean, it is about 40 minutes of basketball and putting those 40 minutes together one game at a time. You're talking about momentum. In that game, I think Duquesne pushed the lead maybe to as many as nine at one point in the second half. What was the key to turning that around? Is there is there something that that you said in a timeout, or something that one of your players says in a timeout? Is it is it just making plays? What what was the the, the key to you know kind of stopping the bleeding, so to speak, turning things around in your favor, and ultimately getting the win? Yeah, I mean, I think it was about making shots. You know, we we missed so many shots. That old we chestnut shot... in basketball. Yeah, <laughs> just scoring the basketball. Yeah, I mean, we we shot you know in below thirty percent. Um, 
right at 28, I think 28% in the first two quarters. And we shot better in the, in the third quarter, even though we were down, we weren't getting stops. But then by the fourth quarter, we were getting stops and we were scoring. So, um, you know, it's not rocket science. You got to put the ball <laughs> in the basket. Um, but I do think those things are timely throughout a game. You have to do it consistently. But when you're not, you better be rebounding and defending down the other end to give you more possessions on the other end. So, um, you know, I think... You know, just making um, some perimeter shots. Jay Cut tied it up with a three, and then I think you saw that after we did that, it was it was kind of we were we were able to get a little bit more into a sink. That's some bold analysis right there. Making baskets and preventing the other team from scoring baskets. The yeah. key to victory. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very simple, but very complex. Uh, great atmosphere at Hagen Arena on Saturday, by the way. Senior day, we mentioned Jaden Walker, your manager, Bryn Spade, being honored before the game. Jaden's family here, uh, making a lot of noise behind that Hawk bench. Uh, how, how much does the, the fan support, especially on what can often be an emotional day like senior day, do for the team? And, and, and what role did that play, especially late in that one? Oh, definitely. I mean, Jaden's family was right behind our bench. Uh, there must have been about 50 of them. And uh, just the 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 amount of um, excitement in the gym, the um, our, we call him like our sixth our sixth man. You know, I think our marketing department did an unbelievable job getting people in the stands uh, for senior day. We were it was great to honor Bryn, our four year manager, who's very selfless and relentless in everything that she does. Of course, Jaden, our our lone senior, um, very selfless and relentless, and just to be able to honor them have an exciting game and come out with a win before our Atlantic 10 tournament is all you can really ask for um, in, a, in a great day at Hawk Hill. Well, we're going to talk about that tournament in a minute, but first let's take a break. We'll have more with Cindy Griffin when we come back. You can support St. Joseph's Athletics by making a tax-deductible gift to the Hawk Athletic Club. These gifts are essential to providing student-athletes with the resources to excel in the classroom, in the community, and in competition. Make an impact on St. Joseph's Athletics by visiting sjuhawks.com slash HAC and donating to the Hawk Athletic Club today. Today's show is brought to you by Mainline Health. Four suburban hospitals, four top regional rankings, and a proud sponsor of the St. Joseph's Hawks. For award-winning human care, visit mainlinehealth.org. The Kettle Club Podcast Network is brought to you by Rothman Orthopedics. Rothman Orthopedics the official team physicians of your St. Joseph's Hawks, provides the region with unmatched orthopedic care. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit www.rothmanortho.com. For orthopedic excellence, think Rothman first. And also by Univest. Handle all your banking remotely with the Univest mobile platform. Easy, convenient, and secure because life needs a little more wow. Live life, stay connected with Univest. Univest Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC. We're back here with head coach Cindy Griffin, the Hawks, the sixth seed in the 2023 Atlanta 10 Women's Basketball Championship. Going to get started tomorrow night against either Davidson or St. Bonaventure, two teams that you already played this year, two teams that you beat. The winner of your game will go on to play St. Louis, another team that earlier in the season you didn't have much trouble with, obviously ebbs and flows of a season. So kind of looking at the bracket, and obviously you can't really think about St. Louis. You've got to focus on Davidson and St. Bonaventure. But in a tournament situation like that, knowing that there's a quick turnaround every day, and for everybody too, what is the approach as as coaches while game planning and also when trying to 
you know, to manage you know, the team itself, obviously without trying to look ahead, but being prepared. How do you balance those two kind of sort of competing factors? Well, I, I think, you know, you're, you just got to take one game at a time and that's what you prepare your players for, you know, so we're going to play the winner of Bonnie's Davidson, right? So Bonnie's we played uh, early in January um, and then Davidson we played, you know, a couple weeks ago. So they're a little bit more fresh in our brains, but um, you know, I think the first game is always the hardest game in every tournament. Um, I know throughout the season you're always paying attention to what other teams are doing you know you're looking at the scores you're seeing you know st louis just beat umass how did they do that you know so um i think you're always in tune to what's going on around the league and so you're not that far off uh in preparation but you still need to be very um very focused on um you know just that one opponent on that day i mean we have scouting, you know, our assistants take each, uh, each team. And so they'll be ready and uh, they'll prepare me and the team um, as we go forward. But, um, you know, I think that the big thing is just be where your feet are and um, be ready. You know, you prepare for, you know, anything. You know, how are we going to score? How are we going to stop this team? You know, so I, I think you, you just you got to know who you are at this point in the season and you got to be the best version of yourself going forward. Um, not things aren't going to change a whole lot. Um, you just need to be really laser focused and uh, committed to doing the little things on every possession at the highest level you can do. Now, maybe this doesn't fall under the the category of actually being laser focused, but w- w- when the bracket finally gets settled, are you kind of looking at at what that path would be? Like, is somebody looking at potentially Rhode Island, the semifinal game and, or, or George Washington or whoever might come out of that. And and is it, 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 are you looking at team principles? Are you looking at key players? Obviously it could be a mix of both. What is the, what's the thing that you're focusing on? I think you're looking at matchups and potential matchups, not, Mm -hmm. not the, the name of the team, but as far as personnel of which the team has and what that looks like. And, you know, you know, you're, you're looking at the potential matchup of a personnel and what that looks like and what we need to do. So, um, you know, those are, um, you know, those are very, very important factors. I mean, we haven't played St. Louis since January either. Um, you know, so, but they have a very good defender in, in Brooke Flowers. And, you know, we just played Rhode Island, who had a 6-5 player in uh, Magasa. So, you know, those things are, are very similar. But like I said, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, Bonnie's has had a, a, a tough year. Um, I think Davidson is doing a really good job. They're, they're in every game as well. I mean, Bonnie's is coming on stri- uh, strong here. Um, so, you know, I like where we are. I like our seed. I like where uh, our bracket. Um, and um, I always like it. You just at this time of year, you just got to love it, you know, because it's, it's the best time of year. Is, is being the sixth seed maybe, you know, probably feels after the, the start of the season like it could be disappointing. Is that a little bit of a motivation? Like, hey, you know, People are probably going to count us out now because we got to play an extra game here or there. Like, is that a motivational tool, or is it just it's where we where we are and just decides our schedule? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just where you are. I mean, of course, everybody wanted the double buy, you know, and we we kind of uh, we. we we would have had an opportunity to do that had we taken care of some um, some business there at the end, and we didn't. So, but it doesn't mean that our season's over. I mean, we have an opportunity to play on Thursday, and then if we win, we have an opportunity to play on Friday, and then you know, and then so forth. But um, now I just think we're 
we're in a good place. We're in a great place um, to, to be in a, a very competitive situation going forward. And I do believe that this tournament is anybody's, you know. And so um, it's going to be an exciting time, time for, the, for the Atlantic 10 and for all the players and coaches that are participating. Talked about how open the tournament is. You just mentioned, you know, UMass kind of UMass and Rhode Island really separated themselves for much of the season. But then, you know, UMass lost to Rhode Island, lost to St. Louis. Rhode Island had lost to UMass, lost to Fordham. You guys played a couple of classics with Rhode Island this year. A double overtime game up there. A game that came down to the last seconds here. So, you know, having played these teams, having played them close or beaten just about everybody in the league when, when you think about how all those games went does last year's experience of making that deep run to the tournament kind of serve as like a wild card for the Hawks here like hey we've been to this venue we, we've played some of these teams in this situation we know that we're good enough to beat anyone in this league we've been here now let's go do it or is it even though you have a lot of the same players is it wipe the slate clean we're just going in here's 40 minutes against Davidson or St. Bonaventure and go from there yeah that's a great question um you know I I was so happy for last year's team that they tasted success because we had not tasted that in in a couple years right um and so we were we have some of the same players so they've tasted it they know what it takes um, we didn't win the, the championship last year. We didn't even get to the championship game. So there is more to be done, um, and there's more that this team wants to do. But, um, you know, all things aside, I just think every every year is different, and I love the fact that they've been there. That a lot of the players have, have been there before and saw, you know, us play on, on day three, which was awesome. But at the end of the day, you know, I think you – You've got to just take one game at a time, and um, and and know that the, have the confidence to know that we can beat these teams because we have before, and the teams that we haven't, in three games we've lost by a total of ten points. I think it was two to UMass, three, four, seven, eight, so nine points. Yeah, so like that's really good. But we got to get to there. You know what I mean? We've got right. we got a lot of work to be done before that. Um, but I do think our team plays with a great deal of confidence, composure, certainly competitive, and they are very committed. Well, there's some years where you get to this point and it's like, all right, we want to have a good showing. We want to you know, maybe build towards next year. We want to you know, acquit ourselves well. Not the case this year. The, the goal, the only goal is to win it. And, and you know that you have a team that is good enough to do it. What do the Hawks have to do to come home with a trophy in a week, less than a week's time? Score more points. <laughs> now, I mean, you There's know, that this time, earlier, of, right? this time of year is it's it is making shots. I mean, you you've got to be able to make shots from the perimeter. You got to be able to make shots from the inside. You know, um, I think you've got to manage the game really well. Um, you know, as they say, offense wins games, but defense and rebounding wins championships. So, and that I found is, found is very true. But I do think making shots is a big part of what we need to do going forward. Well, Coach, good luck. The Hawks take on either Davidson or St. Bonaventure on Thursday. And then with the win, it would be St. Louis in the quarterfinals. The Atlanta 10 championship runs through Sunday down in Wilmington. Coach, thanks again for being here. Good luck, and hopefully next week we're going to have a uh, post-championship wrap-up edition of the podcast. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Let's go, Hawks. Our thanks to Coach Griffin for stopping by, and our thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. 
Be sure to subscribe to the Kettle Club Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the TuneIn app. You can also find us at sguhawks.com slash podcasts.